Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Jeff, 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 Jeff. Jeff Stein's our national and presidential expert, noted author. You'll find his books over at Next Chapter Books as well as TotallyIowa.com, the Iowa Business Report, the Iowa Politics Report. Come to us from KXEL in Cedar Falls, Waterloo. Hi, Jeff. Again with the Taylor Swift rant. Well, it's well, okay. Let me let me just put it this way. This this will put it in perspective for you because this is our age group, okay? Okay. For the same amount, just to get a nosebleed seat at US Bank Stadium one. Taylor Swift ticket at a nosebleed seat at, at U.S. Bank Stadium. I could get two floor tickets to go see Peter Gabriel. Or, I don't know, you could plan for your retirement. Well, you could do that. Or, you know, you could, you could <laughs> go to Paris. Think about that. You, that's, a, that's a round-trip business-class seat to Paris. It, it just it, – it's nuts. And I don't know. I mean, is, I don't know if it's as bad down there in Iowa with because I mean, you do get at Hilton Coliseum and stuff like that. They'll get the bigger concerts to come through there. I don't know if, if they have to adjust for the, the the market, but dear God, it just it has gotten to a point where you your your family needs to be making two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars just to have a chance at getting those tickets nowadays. Well, yeah. Now the only venue um, they don't even go to Hilton; they go to Wells Fargo Arena in Des Moines because it's the newest facility, mm-hmm. um, and you've got larger seating and all of that good stuff. But I saw your tweet earlier on this topic, and I thought, oh goodness, I wouldn't fly to Paris either. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just, you know, again, I'll keep the thousand dollars so that you know I can I can pay for internet access so we can have this conversation every week. Okay, better yet, you and I. Seoul, South Korea, do a street food tour over there, man. Okay, you and me traveling anywhere is not going to happen. Okay, let's just get that right on the table. It is true. Now, it is true that if there's a restaurant involved, I'm going to trust my friend McNeil because you did me very well on a Saturday lunch that I, I think I'm still trying to work off, and that's probably been 15 years ago. Yes. But uh, <laughs> we'll get separate beds, for God's sakes, man. I don't know what you're talking well, about. Uh, you and me and South Korea. No, no, uh, it, no. I just leave it at no. <laughs> oh, that could be a TV show. We, 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 we planes, trains, and automobiles with a single <laughs> oh, bed. Man. <laughs> oh, man. How Two about coins those bears? And a fountain. <laughs> All right. I'm not even going to Hennepin Avenue with you. I oh, mean, I'm sorry. Right, it's not happening. If you don't want to, Hamilton's down there, man. That's <laughs> nice. It's, it's, it's so it, nice. It, it doesn't end up well for him at the end. It's just an FYI spoiler alert. But, uh, you know, they, they really staged it great. All right. So uh, I guess I'll just roll the wheel here. Let's start with George Santos, shall we? Speaking of disasters, <laughs> let's just roll into George Santos. Here. Oh, yeah. And George Santos co- uh, collected unemployment benefits while earning $120,000 annual salary. State and fe- federal prosecutors alleged Wednesday in a 13-count indictment. He faces charges of wire fraud, money laundering, theft from public funds, and lying to the House of Representatives. Prosecutor says he was arrested this morning in New York. And this, by the way, this doesn't seem to involve large hundreds of thousands of dollar donations which no one seems to be able to track down for him that in, entered into his campaign. So this is just the beginning of the fun. I and mean, th- this we knew that this this 
clown car was going to go down this road eventually, correct? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And the fact that it happened this soon, let's remember today is what? May 10th. Okay. When did they get sworn in? January 3rd? Yeah. Something like that. So in the space of five months, they've been able to put together this extensive a federal indictment. And to your point, they have not scratched the surface on most of the financial irregularity. So it shows you just how much must be out there. But he has entered his plea of not guilty, and this will not affect his reelection effort in 2024. Well, I'm okay. Let's let's be honest here. The New York. I mean, Repo- that's what he said, right? This will not affect. <laughs> The New, the like, New York Republican. You haven't. You're not on a committee. You haven't been diddly squat except try to bring a fashion statement of zippered fleece under your sport coat. Uh, That's it. He does have the Fred from Shaggy, uh, some from Scooby Doo Ascot thing going on occasionally, which is just delightful. Now, the uh, even the New York Republicans despise him. I'm actually, I mean, I mean, the only reason you and I talked about this back in the day when McCarthy went through his, his, you know, you know, Baker's dozen votes that basically that, you know, the only reason the Republicans on a national level tolerate him is because that vote margin is so damn narrow. But yet this is, I most Republicans have got to have, want this guy gone because it makes it almost impossible for you to, to get that aha whether they do have anything on Hunter Biden or anything like that, because, oh, George Santos here. here let's, let's talk to him about volleyball. You know, it just, it doesn't, there's no way you can really kind of just sweep past that. The margin, as you note, is so small. And he'd have been ridden out of town on a rail if there had been a 10 vote margin. Now, I don't, I mean, this is such a hypercharged era. You would like to think that either political party would have enough moral fiber to, now that there's this kind of indictment, just drum whatever member it is out, knowing that there's going to be a special election because you don't appoint for a member of the House, knowing that they're probably going to lose the special election. You'd like to think somebody would have the, as I said, moral fiber to say, uh, I'm, I'm moving to get him out of here. But this is what's interesting. Shouldn't you assume that every Democrat member of the House would vote to expel him? Oh, yeah. Okay. So how many more Republicans would you need? Because here's the thing. Any member can put forth a resolution for expulsion. You know the Democrats are counting noses on the right to try to figure out would they have enough to get to a majority to boot him back to New York so he can focus on the case full time. That's an interesting scenario. I wonder how many Republicans would bail because they feel that the the sanctity of the chamber is at issue. You know, and, and it is interesting because, you know, I, I, you know that he's 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 hurting long term potential for the Republicans that control like Long Island seats. And as well, the kind of the, you started getting up the Hudson River Valley seats, some of the seats up there that the, the Republicans, these are these are toss up districts. And, you know, this is not helping them go. Let's go back to the charges, though, because on mm-hmm. um, th- this is trouble on two sides for him. 
Uh, one is, you know, when you talk about collected unemployment benefits while earning $120,000 annual salary, that's this is I, this seems to be a pretty cut and dry case. You've got him, uh, you know, applying and getting unemployment benefits, which the government has records of. You also have a record of $120,000 income. This is not, you, you, he's in trouble with this, but as well within his own party, as they scream about we need to cut, cut, cut with this budget ceiling issue, the debt ceiling issue. They they basically here's a guy who's basically abusing the system they themselves you know want to get rid of, and so it becomes you know there's there, there's that 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 level of you know a it might be an argument for it, but it's an argument that the Republicans are abusing the system that they say needs to go away. Well, if you say that there is wasteful government spending, he he's exhibit A. Yeah. Uh, you know, now here's the. And this will make not much difference in court. This is more of a sentencing issue than a than a guilt or innocence issue. If you applied for unemployment and received it, and then got a job, and then sort of didn't tell them you had the job and still got money, that's one thing. But if you were continuously filing your regular reports that you're looking for work, which is what you're supposed to do, right? In order to get unemployment benefits, you have to make certain number of contacts. You've got to swear um, on a form every few weeks that you are still employed. If it was simply, I forgot to tell them, here's the money, that isn't this case. But I mean, that would be one thing. This sounds like he's literally on his way to work mailing the form, verifying he has no job. Yes. And there's just nothing you can do with that one. But that makes the point. How did they get something against him so quickly? Yeah. Because it's right there. Oh. Financial records will always come back to haunt you. Well, and it is. And, and you know, in, he doesn't have any friends. All the Republican leadership has said they're not going to ask him to, sit, uh, to resign. If he does resign, they appoint someone or a special election becomes a Democrat because I, I highly doubt it's going to stay in the Republican hands. Um, it has to be an election. Yeah. There is, the Constitution allows the appointment of a U.S. senator but not a member of Congress. So it's a vacant seat until the special election. And with the Democratic governor, that, that would that would get scheduled. So oh, sure. if, if that's the case, what if, then it's a three-vote majority and Nancy Mace is seeming to you know suggest that she's going to jump ship more and more? Well, that's what you, you, know, you could only lose four before. Yeah. And again, the, the total number then goes down, right? You, you have to get 50% plus one, and it's 218 if it's a 435-member chamber. Well, you drop down to a maximum of 434. That's not going to really change the math, but then you have to worry about if people are not present, et cetera. It does move it a little bit. But again, it's taking away one of the most reliable Republican votes because he was desperate to not be tossed on his ear. And, and now I, I just, boy, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm great with the, again, I'm a lawyer. I'm great with the innocent unless proven guilty. But there's, there's just all manner of things around this guy that make it very difficult. I mean, the moral and right thing to do is for him to voluntarily say, um, I'll go back to collecting unemployment as opposed to this hefty government salary. But where's his incentive to resign? It, it's not there. And I mean, no. I, I just I mean, and the question is, is there a point where if all of a sudden you're convicted of a crime, you automatically have to resign? Or is that, is that a standard within the House? Oh, gosh, I or off the top of my head. I'm not I think is it. 
Can you serve if you're a convicted felon? I don't know. If, I mean, you, I mean, you not, not like yourself. You can't, I don't know if you could. I imagine you can't. I mean, especially I mean, if you're going to go to prison, you can't. I don't think you're going to set you up to where you can vote remotely from a cell. Well, they got rid of that. Yeah. They got rid of the voting remotely or else you'd have had a real interesting situation. Uh, could uh, prisoner 0245 please zoom in for his uh, committee assignment? No, uh, that's that's just ludicrous. Uh, speaking of uh, fun, uh, let's uh, talk about what happened yesterday. Uh, you and I talked in the E. Jean Carroll case that, yeah. you know, Trump was in trouble there. And now, and once again, the rape, the liable for rape, we talked about that. that and a lot of legal experts said that was going to be a hard level to attain because – of the nature of what E.G. Carroll was addressing was just the two of them together, and it's almost impossible in a in a situation like that to get a libel judgment against another person because that's more of a he said she said sort of thing. But the sexual assault, libel for sexual assault, libel for uh, you know defamation of character, um, five million dollars. This you know you could tell the longer it was setting in on Trump, the the, the more damage he realized that just happened yesterday. By the time we got to the overnight hours, he was you know just you know screaming online basically uh, about this grand injustice because he, he I think he knows this did some damage. Uh, I don't think it it's not going to make any difference. It, I mean, it, it, I, it, here's what I'll, I'll disagree with you to a point because uh, I understand you're right with his most avid followers. No, no one's going to believe this. They just they just they they still think that you know when they when they heard what he said on the the Access Hollywood bus that that's that's harmless talk. I mean, it was, he was basically describing sexual assault. You know, they, mm-hmm. they 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 will not abandon him. Here's his problem: is that he needs to win those secondary and tertiary suburban voters. Mm-hmm. And this is where that's not going to fly. It's sure in his sure. his base, but metro urban areas where he needs suburban voters, this was a lethal hit to his reelection chances. Uh, see, I'm still not sold. And here's why. I mean, I understand what you say. Respect what you say. I just don't happen to agree because everything go back to the 2016 election. No one's mind has been changed about him personally, right? All the stuff that came out, people, enough, well, I, I just, it's sort of like, well, here's the thing. He won more votes. He got more votes in 2020 than he did in 2016. And people knew a lot of things. My only point is I'm not dismissing it, except to say there's a hardcore of people on this side that won't vote for him, wouldn't matter what, Hardcore of people on this side that don't care how many of these assault civil cases come up. It's, it is the people in the muddy middle. And my point is, yes, he needs them, but it's going to depend on how they're doing economically in the fall of 2024. It's well, not going to dislodge him from getting the nomination. But at the same time, okay, because I, I mean, I mean, I don't think. I don't think that's nearly this is we're we're getting into some really interesting political trends here because I don't think I don't think the economic status of American people is going to weigh on this if it comes down to Trump or Joe Biden. And as much as the the right hates Biden, yeah, he's an old guy, but he he sits there. He likes his ice cream. He's he's affable. He's he's gotten a lot done in his first two years. He he basically still holds his own. I mean, that rock star greeting he got in Ireland didn't hurt him at all either. You know, it, it's you, you're going to get out there, and if it comes down to, as you said, every election is down to two people, 
And here's a guy, and we still haven't gotten to Georgia. We still haven't gotten to the special counsel, the, the, the classified documents. We still haven't gotten to other things around January 6th. There are so many things that are still hanging out here. There's still a lot of pitfalls. If it comes down to a three-time convicted guy or Joe Biden, the reality is is that I think you're you're not going to see the fire and excitement. I'm going to go get the guy who's liable of sexual assault elected. I just don't think that that's going to happen. But I also think we cannot underestimate the fatigue factor, and polls show uniformly nobody wants Trump versus Biden 2.0. Nobody wants this re-election. And yes, people have said grudgingly they'll vote for this guy or this guy, but it's it, there's a lack of interest and of motivation on both sides. And what I think that's just going to mean is that the, the folks in the middle are just going to tune out of the whole thing unless they're motivated. And what's the best motivator? Money. Well, I actually think what, what killed the Republicans this last election, the overturning of Roe v. Wade. I mean, that really – and that is still out there, and, oh, and yeah. it does not help – it does not help Republicans that state after state is we are not even going to allow a legal medical procedure to happen anymore here because we're just going to write laws against transgender people because – you know, we're Christians for some reason. I don't know. Oh, now, that's different. That's, that's different but, than Trump. But that's, pl- but that's playing into – the problem here is it's the message because, as you say, it's the two people. And on one mm-hmm. side, you got Trump with all the other Republican baggage that's coming through, Roe v. Wade, anti-transgender stuff, you know, like that. And on the other side, you have Joe Biden and a fairly motivated voter base with including that Generation Z, which shows up. And I think that this is – I do not think – I'm not saying that there aren't some people that are going to be turned off by Joe Biden's age, but I do not think it's going to be anywhere close to the amount of Republicans turned off because, okay, what? No, no, I'm, I'm done with this guy. I'd rather go with Biden. Well, the thing is, Trump is the one out of step with most in the Republican Party with his stance on abortion. Remember when he came out and said, if we want to win elections, we have to take this certain view. And a lot of those on the far right said, whoa, okay, thanks for the Supreme Court justices that got rid of Roe. But that's not the position we're going to take. I mean, the the problem we have is these are unique individuals, Trump and Biden. And I really don't know that some of the partisan baggage is going to stick as much. By the same token, I don't think Trump's going to bring a bunch of Republicans across the finish line if he's running, just like I don't think Biden has coattails either. And so this is what's such an interesting, you know, fight going uh, going forward in 2024, because you hear all this dissatisfaction about who they want to run. And we're just steamrolling down the track to uh, to 2.0. Well, if it if it comes, it becomes obvious that the only reason Trump is running is to try to get himself off the hook for all of his problems. I don't think he's got a chance. And, and, and that's and let's face it, that is the image he's going to have to fight in 2024. Are you just running so you can pardon yourself? And that is an inter- that's an interesting because I do not think that that will fly. Anyway, we got to get a break in. I want to come back. I want to talk about um, the, the, the debt ceiling negotiations because Biden brought up a very interesting point with the press afterwards. I want to get your thoughts on this. 952-946-6205. It is the Matt McNeil Show with Jeff Stein right here on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. 
6205 is the phone number. Jeff Stein joining us. And Jeff, uh, there was uh, a meeting between you know, Speaker McCarthy and President Biden at the White House in regards to the debt ceiling. Afterwards, Biden had an interesting little sparring match with the media where the media was like, well, are you going to give in to his demands? And he said, what demands? And he said, well, they're the demands that they're making. He said, no, what specifics? And, they, and he basically called the media out because what Biden pointed out was they didn't give him any specifics. Like, I, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to say it. I want to cut $2 million from the VA. They didn't bring in anything. They just brought in these vague, we need cuts here and we'll figure it out later. And Biden's mentality is, no, you are going to put your cuts on the table now so that the people can see them. And right and to a point, it kind of surprises me that McCarthy still hasn't given any details on what exactly he wants to cut outside of general kind of points. But I don't think that's accurate because the House passed a bill that has very specific items in it. But he he basically said he said, but were they specific items or specific departments they were going to cut? Because that's what his point was. Was they said they said they were going to cut certain departments, but what part of that? And it's a it's a very different thing to say. Okay, I'm going to cut fifty million dollars from the VA versus I'm going to cut I'm going to shut down three VA hospitals. And I think well, that I know they, that that they were you know the Iowa delegation was hell bent on walking out unless they kept their biofuel subsidy. So it was down to that granular a level. Uh, but it, it here's one thing that is true. If one side is talking in platitudes and not specifics, there's nothing to respond to. Now yeah. my understanding was that the legislation was specific enough uh, that that it had that level of, of granular. But here's what it comes down to. The Republicans are going to have to be the ones to blink or it will all be blamed on them, whether warranted or not. That's just the way it's going to look, just like with the government shutdown. And by the way, I'm I'm cognizant of the clock. Can you believe Trump's going to do a town hall at CNN tonight? I cannot. That is, <laughs> I mean, every prosecutor is going to sit there with a notepad and, I mean, it is complete malpractice of any attorney who encourages him to do it, who isn't pulling his suit coat well, how to stop him from going on stage. How many of his attorneys grabbed him and said, don't you dare go talk at the E.G. Carroll case? Don't you dare. Don't go in there. That will be a nightmare for you. And very, very sure. you know, he did. Um, here's the thing. The 14th Amendment, really quick on Biden. 14th Amendment. He says, I'm going to invoke this. I'll raise the debt ceiling myself. Uh, you know, I'm sure it will go, get. They'll get into court. They'll try to get the Supreme Court. Does it allow the uh, the 14th Amendment allow him to do it? Oh boy, that I mean, it's uncharted territory. But the, here's the thing: if he does it, he buys himself enough time so that we don't default. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to. He he may wind up being wrong and it being illegal, but it might avert the cliff. Well, do you do you really want to be on the Supreme Court when all of a sudden you came down a ruling that immediately cavitates the U.S. economy? Well, you have to assume that they fix it in the meantime, but there's no assumption on any. Oh, God, that would. Yeah. Uh, Anyway. And and, and by the way, with the biofuels thing, I think they just it was all the biofuels that were going to cut all them, which, once again, I don't think the Republicans are your friends on that one. Uh, Jeff Stein, uh, once again, uh, I'll put the Iowa politics report out a little bit later on. Thanks, Jeff. Hour two coming up next.